2: Spickard coming to you from San Diego, California, and oh God, that's
3: so much better than where I am. <laughs> Jamie Jennings, <laughs> coming so many from ways. Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening. You put me to shame, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network from June 18th, episode 2206. Brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, horse world. Everybody up, rise and shine! It's a
2: new day.
0: It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday.
2: Here we go
1: again. And away we
2: go.
1: On today's show, we are joined by longtime friend of the show, Sally Spickard. In our horse health report, we'll discuss equinosis, a non-invasive method of measuring lameness in horses. Auditor Abby Foltz of the Chronicle of the Horse takes a look back with us at some horsey history from Old Chronicles. Jamie brings us another edition of Things I've Heard in Oklahoma. It's first time mm-hmm. Sally's, I think, hearing it, so it should be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll bring you guys a brand-new edition of Crappy List Wednesday, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show, as always, today, guys. And speaking of today, today is National Eat an Oreo Day, which leads me to two questions. One, how do you guys like to eat your Oreos? Do you like to split them apart or just, you know, bite right into it? And two... I was surprised when I found out that horses can drink beer. So I was wondering, can horses eat Oreos?
3: Um, I'll take this one. Don't feed your horse Oreos. (laughs) Come on, I'm sure people do. But I'm going to tell you this, Jimmy, your son. Glenn talks about them all the time and his name is Jojo, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says Jojo all the time. Well, I don't eat Oreos. I gave up Oreos, but Trader Joe's has a very delicious mm. version without any corn syrup or hydrogenated oils called Jojos. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. look at that. And they're like, like just healthy discovered
3: Oreos. I oh yeah. to
1: know. Good to know. Thank you for the tip. <sighs>
3: Appreciate it. They're yeah. so good.
1: That would be my, by the way, at the end of the show, that's going to be my thing I learned today. Thank you very much.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Trader Joe's, JoJo's. (laughs) Oh, hey, let's do a Daily Winnie.
2: (laughs) Uh, I got to give my Daily Winnie to my very good friend, Jaden. She came out and is uh, grooming out here for a show jumper and she loves my dog. I have a little Chihuahua and he has... The most personality do. i i do but he's okay but before you start putting like thoughts in your head about what my dog is like let me just tell you he's not like a normal chihuahua he's very friendly he's very sweet um he doesn't bark and he's basically perfect so and i said of uh, course
3: you do it's because you live in san diego and everybody has like a pocket dog does he oh, wear well, clothes he does not. Well, he
2: has a football jersey for like football season, <laughs> but okay. that's
3: that's really. And
2: he does have a couple of coats, but they're like the horse, the dog blanket horse company. Like I have a horsewear coat. I got him this. Oh, my God. I got the cutest Ariat dog jacket. They were selling it at the Land Rover, Kentucky event.
3: Well, it is freezing in San Diego. He does need a coat. I know. I have, like, (laughs) six coats for him. I think I use them, like, twice a year. But,
2: it's you know, it's fine. It gets in the 50s here sometimes. Um, Moving my point as
3: I speak. Go ahead. Carry on. Daily Winnie.
2: So anyway, she has started this tradition of getting me random gifts for Christmas and or my dog's birthday with random weird things with my dog's face on it. So for Christmas, she got me a blanket and it has his face printed on it. And then for his (laughs) birthday, she presented me with this pillow and she's like, well, it's for Cooper's birthday, but you're going to appreciate it more. And I kid you not, it's this pillow with my dog's face just like screen printed on me screen printed on it so i just have this random collection of weird things and i just like i'm waiting for the t-shirt you know or something i have to wear in public that that i'm gonna have to do you know to show my appreciation for her as a friend so um but yeah so that's that's my daily winnies thanks for the uh thanks for the gift Jaden. So
3: it's kind of like one of those things, and maybe uh where like we got chickens, right? So my parents think and both my dad and mom are separate, but both of them had the same idea. Like now I everything that they give me as gifts have to have chickens on chickens, yeah. And I'm like, stop this train right now. I don't need 47 giant roosters in my house hanging on the walls. And so I just stop it. Is yeah, no, I'm positive. And when I had a little boy. On a farm, they sort of give me like little boy art, you know. Like, I don't want pictures of some little boy like walking around naked, you know, yeah. with like a horse, you know, and I don't know anyway. So, is it kind of one of those things where like they don't know what to get you? So they get no, you no, something
2: no. No, this is definitely like a running joke at this
4: point. <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: I mean, I use the blanket, the blanket's the perfect size for me to when I take him out and my purse, which happens occasionally. (laughs) See, I I knew it. But he's a little bit big. Like, he's not like a five-pound dog. He weighs almost 11 pounds. I mean, he's kind of hard to put in a purse. Yeah, he's ginormous. You got to get a baby stroller for him. (laughs) You know what, though? There's so many people here that have those stupid strollers for their dogs. And I swear I'm going to get one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It will be me. Goals. Okay, my daily winning. All right. Well, the Daily Winnie has to go to baby Stanley. And do you know who baby Stanley is, Sally? Is this your foal? This is the foal that I okay. have. Yes. He is now just about, I um, guess he's getting close to three months old. I know. Yeah. He's so getting close to three months old. And, um, you know, I have a Mustang that is an escape artist. And Zeus can escape anything. He can open double D snaps. I mean, he he's like, there is, it is very hard. To manage Zeus, so I walked outside, and I have a paddock for Zeus and a paddock for the mare and foal. And I came outside, and Stanley is in Zeus's paddock, Ugh. and Pink is screaming from her paddock at the mare. Oh she's no. like, Why are you over there, baby? You stole my baby! And Zeus and Stanley are just hanging out. Like he's not panicked at all. Zeus doesn't care. He's like, cool. I got a friend, and they're I just hanging friend. out. <laughs> and of course the question is Stanley, how did you get over there? Um, so of course I have to like figure out a way to calm this panicky mare, get a baby to lead who doesn't really lead all that well, uh, <laughs> into another field. So what I do is I take Zeus out and then I bring pink in and then I get pink Stanley to follow pink. Cause I'm by myself. It's like, it was just crazy. so I get him back in the stall and he's got, uh, a lacerate, like an abrasion on his leg. All he must have laid down next to the fence and like rolled under it. Cause he's that small. So, my thought is, okay, how, then, so I noticed the abrasion, he's got some swelling on his leg and I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to treat this by myself on a foal? How am I going to take care of this? So I got like a little bucket and I had some cotton, like pull cotton and I put some betadine wash in it. And I'm like walking into the stall with this foal that's never had water on it. Barely, you know, he wears a halter, but he's certainly not like going to stand tied. Right, right. By the way, the outside of his hind leg. So he gets my daily windy because, oh my God, I took pull cotton and scrubbed the outside of his hind leg without him doing anything. He was so perfect. I mean, and I, he was like lifting it up. Like, you know, it hurt. It was lifting it up, but he never kicked it. And my butt of course is like facing his mouth. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. All he had, and I had a halter. I was like, trying to scrub with my left hand and hold his (laughs) face with the right hand. And finally I just had to let go and he didn't bite me on the butt. I was what a really, good boy. Yes. And then I had to go back out and I had to bring some more stuff in and rinse it. And he was so good. So baby Stanley proving that he's gonna be a superstar. And a he's very independent one at that, apparently. Yes, he does not care about his mama anymore. Does not <laughs> care whatsoever. <laughs> and she you think she's had six babies. You think she'd be over it. She's right. like not that. that is her <laughs> baby, and he's like, "Mom, leave me alone!" see <laughs> me in front of my friends, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. She's like, you know, it's like me taking Lucas to school. I'm like, give me yeah. cat." I I love you and he's like, Mom. (laughs) You have to do it down the block
2: before you get to school.
3: (laughs) Almost. We're getting
2: there. We're getting there.
3: I can still make him do stuff. Like, you will sick me. Yeah. You
2: You don't got you don't have much time for that left either, though. Really? No, I'm I'm nursing
3: it. I'm nursing it. (laughs) (laughs) Better take advantage of that while you got it. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, Uh, you are in um you, you may seem like you're from San Diego, but you're not, you're from, no, Missouri. I, I mean, I'm from Missouri. You are a Missouri girl. Now granted you're St. Louis, like I I'm, I'm from Georgia, but I lived in Atlanta. So you're still kind of city. Um, yeah. but did you experience weather like I do in Missouri? You know, we I was very
2: much the the Midwestern person who heard the tornado sirens and just went out on the porch and tried to find it and or got in my car <laughs> and tried to find it like an idiot. So, honestly, I lived in in St. Louis and I lived in Kansas City and both really never got I, I it's got to have something to do with the terrain I'm not a meteorologist I don't know much about it but I, I I have to figure it has to do something with the infrastructure and the lack of completely flat land so we never really had you know it we've had a couple that came close like within you know 10 or 15 miles maybe but um yeah I I got lucky honestly I mean you got. you are kind of out on the flatlands so I feel like the risk is a little higher
3: yeah, 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 for sure. I'm aware of that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yes, I know. Like the natural National Weather Service, you know, and they're like National yeah. Weather Service. Yeah. That's a mile from me. Oh, they yeah. put that cool. place a mile from Reassuring. me, Sharing. Yeah, that's really fun. <laughs> um, but I I there are things that I have heard while living in Oklahoma that just defy logic or defy the English language. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I, think, I, think, I can't th- wait to hear this. Well, I think one of the most famous ones I've been doing this segment since I moved here, it's called things I've heard in Oklahoma. And like one was like, it was, there was like freezing rain. I mean, it was frozen outside. It was cold. And we had all these people that were here, you know, working on our electric and power and we're building the barn and stuff. And this, uh, I didn't have an ice scraper and I had to get Lucas to school. And I couldn't see and I was like, Hey, do one of y'all have an ice scraper? I'm in a huge hurry and I need to go and I take him to school and do you all have an ice scraper? And the guys like he comes over with it and he's like, can't get your ice scraper. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he and, and so he's, he's like telling his, his employee, like you do it. You just scrape it off. You know, scrape Basically in in English saying, go ahead and over there and, and scrape her thing. And I'm like, you can just give it to me. He's like, no, do, I'll just do it. And so I'm um, like, I'm sorry, I'm just in a really big hurry because they move like molasses right, yeah, here. No hurry whatsoever. And he's like, Get you just a peepo. What? And I was like, Do what? Because that's what? another one I've heard a lot. Do what? And he's like, Get you just a peepo. I'm like, What? I- I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Translation? Well, I-, I didn't understand until he made me a very small hole to a look out peephole. of. Gitchy, just a peepo. So that was, give her, (laughs) go ahead and ice scrape it, but just give her a little bit because she's in a hurry. That's translation for Gitchy, just a peepo. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of the things I've heard in Oklahoma that people really have uh, enjoyed it. You know, uh, like, uh, so this one, this one, this one is not, not English. It just defies logic. So um, I found a dog in the middle of the road. And it's, if I go out of my house and take a lap, there's a I go down a hill, which people fly down and, and it's like a little valley. And I was going down the hill and there's a dog Lucas and I are in the car and there's a dog sitting like on the road, right in the middle of this valley. And so I like this dog is going to get creamed. You know I mean? People fly out here on these country roads. Mm. And so we pull over, of course, like come on puppy get the dog in the car. And, um, I, I'm like, what do I do? I, I, I there's no tag of course people put tags on it with your phone number. It had a collar on and it was actually one of those, um, half golden retriever poodle things. It was really big, like golden doodle. Oh, yeah. I, so, I mean, it was hard to get in the car and it was old. <laughs> so, oh, like, god. So what do I do? So I go and I drive up to one house that's close and they weren't home. And drive up to another house and they're just like unloading their groceries. And I said, Hey, you guys, I just found this dog. Is it yours? And they're like, man, ah, that dog lives in this neighborhood. They live people across the street. And I was like, well, it was sitting in the middle of the road. And I just, I I just wanted to make sure it was like, you know, it could get hit by a car and yeah, I just let it go to go home. And I was like, what do you mean, just but we're on the other opposite side of the street? He wanders around here. They, you know, he wanders around here and we di- we just, you know, he'll come over and we'll see him, we'll pet him, and then he'll go on home. You can just take him out of your car. He'll go on home. I was like, but there's a road, but like, there's a road <laughs> in between. He was us, sitting in, he was sitting in this road. Like, I, I was like, I was like, <clears throat> do, do you think that maybe we should let these people know that their dog is like sitting in the road? I mean, there's so many people and there's so many cars and they go so fast. <laughs> She goes, you know what? They've uh, we've lived here forty years, and they've lived here fifty years, and you know we moved here when there wasn't any traffic. Okay, <laughs> oh, <No, laughs> there's like, traffic now. I I was like, okay, but there's traffic now. <laughs> now there wasn't traffic when we moved here. I'm like, the dog is like eight. <laughs> the traffic has been here since the dog got here, right? right? <laughs> No, there wasn't traffic when we moved here. We've been here 40 years. They've been here 50. And that was it. That was the conversation that I had with a neighbor I met. Yeah, just let the dog run around. He goes, he'll go home. And um, thing is, you know, we we lived here before there was traffic on that road. Cool story.
2: (laughs) I was like, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like literally I'm picturing the look on your face right now as what? you were having this
3: conversation and I'm really it's really funny and there's your rendition of things I've heard in so wait
2: of. what did you do with the dog did you just take it over across the street then and let it go
3: Oh no! They, they took let it, let it out go of my there. car, and oh un- my god, <laughs> our leash. Of course, I didn't have a dog leash. I had a horse a lead horse rope lead, in the yeah. car, so yeah. they unclip the lead rope, and the dog like l- gives me a look of like utter disdain. Like, how dare you <laughs> capture me? And he walks <laughs> back out into the road, crosses the street, and goes home. Oh my! I was gonna die if you were
2: gonna say that he walked back in the road and sat down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but since then, I have seen him like kind of on the side of the road when I drive by and I drive a lot slower when I go down through there and I just lay on the horn. I'm like, yeah. like just, well, just letting like,
2: him. I mean, hopefully he knows. But, you know, I mean, an older dog, especially like it's hard for them to move out of the way. And
3: people are so much wrong with this, Sally. It is. There There's is so that. much wrong with this. I'm like, what? You can't just let him out. Oh, my God. They were like, he's sitting in the road. Is he hurt? And I'm like, no. Yeah, he'll do that. <laughs> oh, my God. so confused where am oh. i living
2: <laughs> i'm oh, moving to san diego with sally yes. <laughs> come on out we got chihuahuas here
5: they're more portable oh, oh god it's time for the horses in the morning horse health report when our intrepid hosts together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade attempt to inform enlighten or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a kickstarter campaign to mass-produced, Kevlar-coated, wrap lined equine products.
3: I'm really excited to bring something kind of new to our Horse Health Report here. And we are going to talk to Dr. Kevin Keegan of Equinosis, about, about Equinosis and what it is and how it's going to work. And so I'd like to say good morning, Dr. Keegan. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Where in the world are you right now?
4: I'm in Columbia, Missouri. Actually I'm sitting at my home but in Columbia, Missouri. I have to go yeah. lecture in a in a, about an hour.
3: Oh, wonderful. So,
4: okay. Well,
3: we're going to we're going to have you lecture us first. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> us about equinosis. What is it and why was it developed?
4: Well, I'm I'm an equine practitioner and I do lameness evaluations on horses and I just wanted something to help me be more objective about about uh, picking up and figuring out lameness in horses. So I started to develop uh, a method using cameras and markers. I put markers on the horse's body, and I, I knew that the information was there in the movement of the horse. And uh, so I did that for many years, but then I got started collaborating with engineers who kind of led me down the path of using inertial sensors so we didn't have to put the horse on the treadmill and uh, use cameras and markers. So we developed an inertial sensor system that's put on the horse's body, and uh, it measures the horse's movement, and specifically it measures uh, the movements that are associated with lameness in the horse, and so we don't have to just guess at it and... So, I mean, that, it started because I needed something to help me. Mm-hmm. And then it just blossomed into this company that, uh, you know, to get more funds for development, uh, I, I commercialized it, went over to the business school. And, and it just, but it really started because I wanted something for myself.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is is this something that... Th- that will be sold commercially to veterinarians, or is this something people buy themselves?
4: Yeah, no, this is, uh, so it's uh, a piece of medical equipment, and it's sold to veterinarians. And the company started, uh, I think it was like 2007 in the beginning. Um, in the beginning, I think it was about 2007 when we finally commercialized it. And, and uh, yeah, now there's, several hundred uh, systems out in use around the world by veterinarians
3: mm-hmm. to
4: evaluate horses for lameness.
3: Oh your cell phone. <laughs> so take I us through the it process. It's okay. Um is is this something that we the vet would come out to our home or do we need to go to a clinic to use it?
4: Yeah, it's meant to be portable so it it's just three sensors that you put on the horse's body. And uh, it transmits the data to a a tablet computer. We uh, Equinosa supplies a tablet computer, and uh, and then there's a receiver that that plugs into the USB port. So it's wireless. Wow. The it range is about 100 meters. So yeah, it's meant to be used out in the field. Uh, and it is used in the field. But I mean, you mm-hmm. can also bring the horse into the clinic if you need to. But
0: of course, you know, in
4: inclement weather and and uh, when you don't want to be out in the rain and the snow and but yeah, it's meant to be used out in the field.
3: Okay, great. So t- so, where do we put the sensors on, and what are you looking for with this uh, equinoxis?
4: Well, we we put the sensors on the head. One one accelerometer goes on the head, and one accelerometer gets uh, clipped basically to the hair on the back end of the horse. And then we have also have one sensor, which is a gyroscope, actually. It gets put on one of the legs, and we have chosen the right front leg. And the reason we use those spots is because in the beginning, when we were looking for an objective method of lameness, which movement parameter was the best, and we searched for... We searched many different movements, uh, like we searched for stride length and stride timing and joint angle changes and horizontal movement of the head and different parts of the legs and the pelvis. And what we found was that the most sensitive indicator with the least number of false positives and false negatives for detecting lameness in the horse was the trajectory of movement of the head for forelimb lameness and of the pelvis for hindlimb lameness. So And so all of the information comes from the head and the pelvic accelerometer. And then the gyroscope that we put on the right front leg is really just a time index marker to indicate when do we start. And so none of the calculation of lameness comes from the, the limb sensor. It all comes from the from the sensors on the head and the pelvis. And the reason that works is because that's where the s- center of mass of the horse's body is, you know, in the center of the horse. So mm-hmm. verticals acceleration of that part of the body is directly related to the force because of Newton's second law, third law, I can't remember what it, what it was, but, you know, force is equal to mass times acceleration. You so can
3: say whatever you want, want to get for, uh, and I wouldn't know. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs>
4: If you want to measure the force on the leg, which is actually very very difficult to do, the next best thing is to measure the acceleration of the body part that is that is pushing on the leg that is weight-bearing. So that's why it works. It's the, it's the vertical acceleration that has the information okay. and the change in the vertical acceleration, the difference in the vertical acceleration from one side to the other that actually detects the lameness. And this, this is actually, it's a fault detection mm-hmm. algorithm. It was developed by one of my colleagues who's an a, uh, engineer, and he developed this fault detection algorithm for many different things, like the measure to measure, to check for, like, airplane wing cracks and bridge construction weaknesses and it's, it's a direct application of that, that a method of fault detection. So, So,
3: so, so my question here is like, okay, I've got this horse who's a little bit lame and I have my veterinarian out who has an equinosis in their truck. However, is this something they would do after flexions and blocking or instead of flexions and blocking?
4: Well, I mean, that's, uh, both of those are correct. So, yes, you can use it to, you definitely would, if you're going to block the horse, you want to evaluate the horse before the block. Sure. Then, then you evaluate the horse after the block. So then you see that there's, you measure the change.
3: Oh, you're so you can the, do this with that type of diagnostics.
4: I mean, you should, you really basically, the veterinarian does the same that they would do normally except now they're measuring it instead of just guessing it by looking at it. So you can measure oh. anything. Now, what what I have found over the years, and I've been using this type of equipment since about 2000, early 2000s, mm-hmm. what you find is that because it is more sensitive at picking up lameness, you don't frequently or as frequently have to do all of those other things. Gotcha. Many times veterinarians are doing those other things, uh, like collection tests, lunging, evaluating the horse on their saddle, which we do, can do also. We also have a sensor that goes on the rider. But so because the inertial sensors are more sensitive, you can, you can quicken your lameness evaluation without sacrificing. Uh, the information that is available when you do those other things because it is more sensitive. And the reason it's more sensitive is because the inertial sensors sample motion at like 200 times per second, which is very easy to to do, uh, but the human eye can kind of see things uh, because they have limited temporal resolution. So anything that's happening quicker than about 25 to 30 frames per second then you, it's very difficult to pick up. Wow. So the sensors, there, because they sample motion, it's like very high-speed video, uh, and then slowing it down and looking at the video, although that's, that takes a lot of time. So it's a similar principle. It's just increasing the resolution of your eyesight.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you mention algorithm, the word algorithm, it's over my head and it sounds amazingly scientific and smart. So
4: uh, I think it's great. It just so- algorithm just means set of rules. Right. That's it.
3: Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, hey, if you guys want to learn more, equinosis.com is the website. And also, you know, when you guys call your vet, ask them if they have the Equinosis, uh, program as well and, and, and see if they can bring it to your house and, and, and use it on your horses. So Equinosis, dot com. Thank you so much for joining us and for coming on to the show. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Well, we've got to thank our title sponsor for today and that is horselovers.com. And unfortunately, my husband just walked in the room, but I did tell him about this purchase. <laughs> okay? I would like to point out that the Ariat Ladies Vortex was on sale last week. And it was like it was free. Okay? Retail price for those was $599.99. Oh. 95 cents. Guess what I paid? Guess, just guess. Oh, you I can't would... guess because oh. I saved four hundred and thirty-six dollars and twenty-six cents. Holy cow! One sixty-three sixty-nine. It's I'm like sorry. free. It's like they're free. They're six hundred dollar yeah. boots for less. That's than a no-brainer.
2: no-brainer. Um, it's an absolute absolutely. no-brainer. See, I always like the daily deals that they do because I'm like, I I feel like I it adds that sense of urgency. It's like I only have an hour and fourteen <laughs> minutes and twenty-two yeah. seconds now. Twenty-one now. seconds. <laughs> yeah, and it's these these um, it's those uh, polymer stirrup irons, and they're the composite. And I, like, I, I swear to God, I have tried every stirrup made to man. I only have one minute, 14, one hour and 14 minutes now. Um, but I've literally tried every stirrup known to man, and I have really bad ankles and knees. And the composite, the lightweight composite stirrups are, like, a godsend for me. I don't know why. They don't have joints. I don't get it, but they work. And so they have this daily deal, mm-hmm. and they're only 20 bucks. So I feel like they're basically free too.
3: That's like they're free. Okay. Yeah. And also they come in cool colors. So if you are yeah. into that I, I have these on my jump saddle and I love them. And now I feel like I need some for my dressage saddle and colors. Totally. Leave yet. Totally. Yep. And you can get free matching spurs. I'm not, I'm not shopping anymore, babe. <laughs> it's free. They have a it's free, free deal. Everything's There's free. like a free for all. Yeah, Chad just said, so it's like you're making money with that purchase, right? Yes. Thank you for getting it. <laughs> he's, you know what? <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. He does. He gets it. And 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 he's lying right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we are now, thank you, horselovers.com. You can find them at horselovers with a Z, horselovers.com. You can find the daily deal of the day. You can find all their free items at horselovers.com. And now it's time to welcome our dear friend and longtime listener, longtime friend, Abby, who works now at the Chronicle of the Horse. And we like to do a segment with Abby where she goes, uh, describe the room that they have there at the Chronicle, Abby. Good morning. Sure. Well, good morning, guys. Um,
6: I actually found out this week there's like three different rooms, so I'm still learning um, the main room is actually our conference room. It's where they brought me in to interview. It's very imposing. It's beautiful. There's like, um, coasters on the table made of horseshoes. It's like this huge conference room table. It's beautiful. And they just have walls of all of the old Chronicles starting in 1937. Um, and then this week we were moving some stuff up to the attic and I found out there's like two more floors above what I thought was the top floor with more offices with more chronicles so (laughs) there are so many to choose from and it's just it's beautiful and it just kind of takes you back to you know when everything was like old houses and really pretty and not these tall city buildings yeah so
3: so when you're sitting in there and you're getting interviewed are you like oh my god (laughs) it smells like an old library in here or do they make it like smell good
6: no, it's so pretty. It, it like belongs in like a manor, like an estate kind of.
3: Realm. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. We know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so, <laughs> um, did you go back and choose off the wall something that happened this week? Multiple years ago.
6: Well, it's a little bit before this week, just because I chose one where June was right at the end, and it was kind of we're like in the middle of two two chronicles. But I picked like the end of May, so we're close. Okay, close um, enough. Close enough. It's just, you know, summertime-ish. Um, and I picked 1985 because the past couple times we've gone back really, really far. So I figured let's get some more kind of relevant, somewhat modern day stuff to see, see what the 80s were like, because...
3: I wasn't around for them. (laughs) Okay. Well, then I hate you, number one. Number two is I'm glad you're not like, oh, the 80s were so long ago. I know that because I was going to say 1985 was my birth
2: year. So careful, Abby.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She she did good. She She did good. And (laughs) that's perfect that you were born this year. But I'll tell you guys from experience and Jimmy can too, that the 80s were full of really bad hair and great music. Okay. Mm -hmm. There Uh you go. What are you doing?
1: questionable I mean, outfits. Don't forget the
3: oh, yeah. outfits. Oh yeah. I mean Very that's still good. true though, really. <laughs> Very questionable. They're not even questionable. <laughs> just really terrible. Okay. So, what happened in 1985?
6: On. Well, first thing I found is a cartoon and it's so appropriate for the 80s because it's I know I picked a cartoon for a radio show, which is ridiculous, but it's easy <laughs> to describe so we're going to try it. Um, it's a racing cartoon. It's in our racing review section. And there's this guy in, like, the most 80s track outfit. He's it's like a little doodle man. And he's wearing, like, one of those, like, plaid caps and, like, tweed coats smoking a cigar um, and holding what looks to be a program. And he's turning, looking at this lady who's in there with her little purse, and she's explaining to him how she's going to pick her horse. And this reminded me so much of Glenn and also <laughs> myself because I am not like you, Jamie. I'm not good at the racehorses. And the quote at the bottom is, I divide the jockey's weight by the number of letters in the horse's name, then I look at the breeding, and then I divide by, and then it just goes dot, 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 dot.
3: Oh my God, that's exactly (laughs) how I pick, so it's cool.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I literally picked maximum security because I was like, I would name a horse that. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a great name. (laughs) Exactly. So I love that one, and just this little guy, I can post a picture on the auditor page, but he is just looking at this lady with like a cigar in his mouth. Like,
3: um, do I know you? <laughs> Please snap a picture of that, that and post it. Yeah. On our horses in the morning, Facebook page. I will. Be great. It's
6: so cute. And the lady kind of looks like my mom. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom, love you. Um, so the next one I found, they wrote this, I mean, it's a full like page article about a love story between this mare who was described as, you know, your typical, nasty mare who became best friends with the barn cat um their names were farley and moala and Farley was bought to be a barn cat and he had no interest in mousing the the writer says that like there could be a mouse literally right under his whiskers and he'd just like fall asleep um and the mare wanted nothing to do with anyone except for her food and i guess one day this cat jumped up on her butt and started like taking a nap and the owners just you know, sitting there like, oh, my God, what's about to happen? This cat's going to die. And they became best friends to the point where at one point the cat ran away and got hurt, and the the mare stopped eating. Um, And finally the cat came back, and he was injured, but, but he came back, and he came up and laid down right in her feed, and she, like, ate around him. And it's, like, this beautiful story of a girl that just, you know, loves food more than anything but then finds a cat instead. (laughs)
3: <laughs> See why can't why can't social media post stuff like that instead of I negative know. stuff? That's oh, great
6: story. Shoot. I know it's and they have of course it was still mostly black and white back then. There are a couple of color ads, but because it was black and white, there's a lot of doodles to go along with the stories. So instead of actually having a picture of the two of them, someone drew this little cartoon of this cat sitting on the horse's butt. I'll post this, too. Um, and she's, like, looking back at him with a little smirk, and there's, like, mice running around on the windowsill that the cat's just ignoring. It's oh, that's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So yeah, because that was back that. in the day when you didn't have a cell phone to snap a picture of every second. And yeah, I was exactly. like, oh, man, why didn't we get a picture of that? Because I didn't have my giant thing to take in, you know, my Polaroid camera. Right. Uh, <laughs> to, like, live in the moment. Guess, Gasp. It, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just
6: love the barn cat thing. I mean, we have a couple barn cats. And we know, you know, there's one that's like the mouser. And she is like the best worker ever, employee of the month, every month. And then there's two. <laughs> Their names are June Carter and Cream Puff, and they literally just sit around. like, why are you? I mean, they're adorable. We love them. But (laughs) they come down to the ring. Cream Puff likes to teach lessons. Uh There's only one that mouses.
3: I love it. You need to name them more like things like Killer, not Cream Puff.
6: Well, so the the barn owner's niece actually named the cat. So we had a George Washington and an Abraham Lincoln that were both girls. There was a whole (laughs) slew of crazy names. My, my um, I
3: don't, I can't have a cat because my husband would leave me, but I have a yeah. Jack, I have a Jack Russell who like, that's his, his life is to, uh-huh. he, if I open my tack room door, he's gone, <laughs> goes behind things, yep. which is appreciative. I'm appreciative of, mm-hmm. um, okay. Do you have another one? Oh yeah. I've got two more <laughs> that I love. Um, speaking
6: of taking pictures, the next one is about ultrasounding. I guess it was just starting to come into actually being used um, so the headline is ultrasound opening new horizons in equine
3: medicine, um, uh, which is crazy to me because, okay, I mean, that you know the- is crazy. Considering we just had right? a, we the the guest before you was Dr. Keegan hmm. and he was talking about how they developed equinosis, which is like sensors to put on your horse, to detect uh, lameness. It goes to your okay, computer so- and here, this is ultrasound. That's awesome.
6: Yeah, ultrasounding is the is the biggest you know mar- <laughs> medical marvel of the day, and
3: it's so funny because they say,
6: oh, well, you know, you think that it's mostly used to detect pregnancy, but you can also use it to detect liver and kidney disease and aneurysms. And I was like, wait, can <laughs> we use it for that? I don't, uh, I
3: don't know that. Yeah.
6: Disclaimer.
3: <laughs> that was when they were still but, like, wow, this thing's amazing. You can do everything with it. Will even chop I know. your broccoli? Yeah, no.
6: <laughs> right. And now I'm like, my horse is lame. Ultrasound everything. Go like, <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Call the priest, the vet, and ultrasound everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then this last one is an ad that I found, and it's—I I mean, I want you guys to weigh in because I can't think of another time that I've seen something like this. Um, but it's a really old county saddlery ad. And they actually made a saddle with, you know, we have a lot of adjustable gullets now. A lot of people like that because it can fit multiple different horses. Um, they made one with an adjustable leg flap. So they're saying, you know, don't buy a saddle for dressage. Don't buy a saddle for jumping. Buy one and adjust. Oh, my gosh. Really? And <laughs> what? I, I can't imagine it stuck around very long because I've never heard of this. Before. I've never heard <laughs> <laughs> But it's... Um, Yeah. But how does it adjust? Yeah, I I don't know. They've got this picture of the saddle and then they just have like drew like dotted lines a little bit further (laughs) forward where it shows like where the flap could go. Um, Wow. So does it simply and securely adjust to any position desired? I don't know how secure it would be, but jumping dressage and everything in between. The world's only truly all-purpose saddle. So. Maybe we can, uh, you yeah, know, anybody
0: at out moving there moving bought right one of these
3: saddles, right. send us a picture of it. <laughs> okay, I so um, I just I went on to looked. Chronicle Forums. Somebody, of course, is talking about it. Does anyone ride Stop in one that. of those county saddles with the adjustable flaps and the older saddles? No, nobody does. It's, par- it's called the Mirage, uh,
6: yes. which is a cool name. Um, but yeah, it's got, I mean, the flap on it, it's, it looks like it's kind of in dressage form in the ad and the flap is like quite long, So I don't really know how we're turning this flap, but apparently it can be done. Um, so guys, I, or we could do a segment where everyone could go ask their saddle fitler, fitters, you know, like one of those prank segments, segments, like, can you adjust yeah.
3: my flap forward? Can you make this so I can like <laughs> Oh, you don't throw do, do that? I want to see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> So I, agree. I just I mean, riding dressage like not just the flap is different, but like the seat is yeah. different. And then yeah, you know, I you wrote, jump you I want a lower cantle. ahead.
6: Right. No, I rode in my friend, my friend when we were growing up, kind of doing like all the pony club lesson kind of things. We swapped horses for a day, and she had a jump saddle. And I remember she hated it. it had such a deep seat. And I went to ride her horse in it for a lesson, and like every time you would jump, your butt would hit the back of the saddle, and you'd like, get pitched forward. So I can't mm. imagine this is an easy thing to overcome.
3: Yeah, that's challenging. But I'm these Chronicle forums are funny. <laughs> that's I, I, another I thing
6: to do right. <laughs> oh yeah, there you, lot lots of fun to peruse. I try to not not contribute anything
3: because <laughs> <laughs> it's there forever.
6: It's there forever, and there's just there's just so many so many threads that go haywire. So I just like to read them all. You know, you can really go down a wormhole. Same
3: here, mm. yes, yes, you can. Well, Abby, <laughs> as always, it's fascinating to look, take a look back. It's a chronicle look back in history with Abby. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, is there anything that we missed?
6: Um,
3: I don't think so. Uh, you know, just lots of
6: lots of really old cartoons and and saddles that. You can move the flap around. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I love it. I didn't know if there's anything coming up that we need to know about.
6: Of course, oh. it's kronoforce.com. Of course, yes, Um, We've got our Junior and Pony issue coming up soon. Of course, I the calendar right in front of me. But that comes out. That's our next issue, and then um, Pan Am is coming up. So we're, you know, reporting on all the Pan Am team selections. We'll have a preview coming out. Uh, before that, and and keep checking our Facebook page, our Instagram, and the website um up to date, pretty much to the minute on the website. So, so come check it out if you need any
3: any news. That's fantastic! Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited about the the Pan Am team. Doug Payne of the eventing team, Tammy Smith, Lynn Semansky, and Boyd Martin. So exciting! Yeah, such a good Wait, team. So I'm exciting. so excited about exactly.
6: that. Actually, one last thing was really funny yesterday. I posted in the auditor page, um, Lynn ended up teaching lessons at our farm yesterday in the absolute pouring rain. So props to her. I posted it with the caption, like, Lynn gets named to the Pan Ams
3: team in the morning and, you know, no rest for her. We're having a downpour. <laughs>
6: No indoor ring
3: for her. So. Oh, <laughs> no. Her. That, yeah, Lynn is awesome. Lynn Szymanski and RF Cool Play, Tamara Smith and Fleeceworks Royal, Boyd Martin and Setterleg, and then Doug Payne and Star Witness. That's going to be our eventing team. I'm so excited. Yes. All right. Well, very Abby excited. thanks so much. com. Thanks for joining us.
6: Thanks, guys.
5: Horse people know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hard-wearing schooling attire, affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top-of-the-line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half-chaps, Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tax store. Or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. OvationRiding.com
3: and Templeton Thompson. Thank you guys for joining us. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by horselovers.com. And Sally, before I let you go, I had to get you involved in this list. And it is a list and it's called Barn Truths. This yeah. is um this is things that that if they haven't happened to you yet, they will. <laughs> and uh, I think I think number 1 is Part of what happens with Chad and I is every time I'm about to drive out of the driveway with my truck and trailer attached, Chad's like, let me check the tires. Let me do all this. And I'm like, why didn't you do that 10 minutes ago when my <laughs> horses were in the trailer? Uh, but it is, this barn truth is uh, it's kind of like a Murphy's Law thing. If you do a thorough check of your trailer before hauling, your truck's going to break down. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Oh, God. I've seen so many people posting on social media about having to change tires in the truck and trailer. <clears throat> yeah. It's so that it's, it's it, there's something going on. People be yeah. careful. Same.
2: So my favorite from this list is going to lead me into a little bit of a story of the first time that I ever body clipped my horse and, um, So number seven on this list says clipper blades will become dull when the horse is half finished. Totally true. Clipper motors will quit when you only have the horse's head left to trim. (laughs) Um, And that's, you know, in my experience, which, you know, honestly, I have very limited body clipping experience. Like I was really not a good groom. I don't know who let me work for them ever, but. Um, so I taught myself how to clip on my own horse, which was fine, you know, but he was coming out of winter vacation and I had to clean him up cause I was riding with Buck Davidson and I was like, I gotta, I can't have a woolly mammoth and you know, right. and also the sweat, you know, you don't know, want him sweating, all that. So I didn't even use the right type of clippers. I don't even know what type of clippers I was using, but they weren't intended to be body clippers. And so I went through like three different blades cause I burned through them all so quickly and, um, I got it done, but I was looking at pictures afterwards and like the lines and the face, like everything was so, so bad. And I went and I rode with Buck Davidson. And I mean, obviously Buck is a nice guy. I didn't say anything. I don't even know if he noticed, but I mean, I sure noticed. And I'm just like mortified at this body clipping job. And I'm supposed to be a working student and like have my horse turned out and look looking great and everything. And it just looks like a, you know two-year-old child tried to clip them. So, um, yeah. So, lesson learned is always make sure you use the right type of clippers before don't you use, ride with like, somebody.
3: wall human hair clippers.
2: Yeah. Well, it <laughs> wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But they – I don't remember what type I was using, but it, it wasn't supposed to be a full-body clip job with these clippers. So, you know,
3: That's lesson learned there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Learn um, how to clip your horses, people. True. <laughs> Um, no one notices how well you ride until you fall off. Mm. And I, I think that's somewhat true, but actually I, I kind of internalize that. So recently I got bucked off and, uh, I, and I, now I'm like you, I mean, seriously going through this thing of like, I'm terrible. I can't ride. I just am a mess. And so I don't think it's, no one notices how well you ride till you fall off. You don't realize how you're right. I'm super self-conscious and I ride by myself all the time. And now I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I can't ride by myself because what if I fall off again and I'm going to get yeah. hurt. And and I'm just, a, um a kind of a paranoid mess about it right now to be, to be honest. You know,
2: you know, you might know this, but you know, the new, the newest Apple watch has that fall sensor on it. Um, And so what it does is it uses the accelerometer inside the watch to detect if you have, taken a fall of some sort and aren't moving for a certain period of time and then it can alert I don't know if it alerts emergency services or if it calls your your in case of emergency designated person but they do have a feature now and I saw that when I when it first came out last year and I was like you know that is perfect for like people who go running by themselves or people who ride by themselves so that might be something for you to look into. They probably intended that to be for like old women that are home alone. Oh, totally. Like that uh, <laughs> one commercial with the the lady who fell and she's like, I've fallen and I can't get it. It's like the oh, necklace. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember the name, the but you know what i push
3: button about. neck thing. Yeah. Like, and you push the button and, and it calls the
2: ambulance. <laughs> so it's like the modern day version of that. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, and I haven't really seen a whole lot of people using it. I honestly, I've talked about it and a lot of people didn't know it was a thing. So I didn't know. know. And I'll I would take probably that check any day, and- Apple.
3: <laughs> I'd probably fall off and break the watch. Yeah, I was <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, "Well, that's useless." Oh, that's great! Come uh, speaking- and crack my fancy watch. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of falling, my other favorite one on this is, um, if you, it's number, it's the last one, and it says, "If you fall off, you will land on the site of your most recent injury." And like, isn't that is that not the most true thing that anybody ever said? Sure. Like, I remember I broke some ribs. My horse bucked me off in the indoor arena and the footing was hard and whatever. And so I, I landed, broke some ribs and then I, you know, I didn't fall off too much off of him, but every time I did, I fell on that stupid left side and right on my ribs. And it's just Ugh. like, is, is this my fault or is it just the universe trying to tell me something? I don't know.
3: Um, but that's very true. I would say. I'm glad that number 16 is on this list because I find it to be one of my biggest problems. And I thought it was only because I had lesson horses and students and people yeah. coming and going and borders, but now it's just me in this barn. And number 16 says hoof, pick, hoof picks, curry combs and brushes migrate. Mm-hmm. Why do I, why do I have a soft brush in the middle of my, uh, aisle? It's, it's, I thought it was the children. I think there's little elves Probably. That sounds reasonable. And I mean, why, why is my hoof pick not in the same place all the time? Why, Uh, why? But you know what I do with my phone? Like, I swear to God, they're going to put on my grave, Sally. Where's my phone? (laughs) Anybody (laughs) see my phone? (laughs) I just set it down. I don't know why. Why can't I?
2: (laughs) So it must be me. Uh, Probably though. That's okay. Um, let's see. So there's another one that I saw. Where Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, Oh, yeah. Number 13, the number of horses you own. Jamie, this might be true for you. The number of horses you own increases according to the number of stalls in your barn. And I just point that out. Right. right. I just point that out because I just saw on Facebook yesterday or a couple days ago. Um, that a friend of mine from back in Kansas City just purchased a, a farm, her first farm with her husband. And uh, and the barn is like gorgeous. I don't know how many stalls it has, but I know she has only two horses and there's definitely more than two stalls. So everybody's commenting on it like, well, you know, I see a problem here that there's way too many stalls for the amount of horses that you own. And her poor husband's probably like, what have I done?
3: Oh, she'll catch <laughs> so, up. She'll catch up. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, 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 because we have a thing here, which you usually have at least one or two more horses than you have stalls. Yeah, there you go. That's That's kind of what's going to happen. (laughs) And (laughs) the last thing on the list, I think that it is the most one of the most important things that you can have in a barn is baling twine. I mean, how many? I have all of my fans are hanging up with baling twine. And when I forget, I can't find my knife because that migrates too to open my bales of hay. I use baling twine to open my bales of hay. Isn't that the best
2: trick ever?
3: Yes, it is. I feel very smart when
2: I do it. Like I I feel really strong. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could survive in the wild if I, if I needed to you <laughs> yeah, make
3: fire with Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> well, Sally, thank you so much for joining me today. And, uh, Jemmy, as always, it's been awesome to have you as a producer. Are you still here? Or did you quit? I think
1: I quit quit a a long time freaking. ago. accepted the paychecks that's all (laughs)
3: that's probably good that's probably the best way to do it uh but uh, obviously thanks you guys for coming on and being a part of the show now um Sally do you have something that you end every show with something you need to like say no you know what I've
2: I've done this show so many times and I never have a stupid catchphrase so you know what I don't have one but uh I'll I'll think of one next time
3: That is BS. I'm gonna sit here and wait. I think that I is got your time for a Sally. I think of one next time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you later. I'll get you later. Let's go. That probably is it. Like Sally, do you, have, do you pay for your coffee? I'll get you later. <laughs>
2: that's pretty much how I live my life. So <laughs> that's appropriate. Go put your dog in your purse and
3: leave. the uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day. Spay, neuter, and geld.